What? It's Red's Hot Stove season already? How about that? Welcome in to the 2023-2024 Red's Hot Stove League season. I'm Tommy Thrall, pleased as always to be joined by my good friend, colleague, you know him as the Red Sideline guy, among many other things, the host of the Jim Day podcast, Jim wow. Day himself. What a buildup. Here in studio. Hello, Did we Jimmy? just get off the plane from St. Louis, I think it was? It seemed like it. Feels like it, yes. Yeah. And now... Now we're already quickly. starting to talk about next season and, and yeah. last season. And there, I tell you what, uh, we will be doing a, uh, you and I were talking about this earlier this week. We will be doing a lot of looking forward. Um, yes. There are a lot of a lot of highlights from last year. We'll talk about some of those. Um, we're we're going to take your phone calls as well. So if you have some thoughts, by the way, we just learned this, what, 20 minutes ago? No, not even that. Ten minutes ago, I can't remember a minute ago. So you have to refresh. Well, you can actually go to the iHeart app, find seven hundred oh, yeah, WLW yeah. in the app, and uh, hit the little microphone there, and record your message. It goes straight to the studio, and then we'll be able to play your questions over the air, your comments, whatever the yeah. case may be. I uh, tested that out. You and did. It worked. it worked. It worked. So amazingly well. It's the iHeart app. Search for 700 WLW, and beside where you hit the little play button, there's a microphone. Hit that. Hit record. And I recorded a fine message. And it let's worked. let's be honest, folks. If you don't know Jim that well personally, if Jim can figure it out on the first try, oh, it's pretty simple. So that's you know yeah that was. Relatively easy. I know so. my limitations. You don't have to remind people. Uh, well, I'm actually pretty savvy, actually. Sometimes electronics, yeah. Sometimes I don't know. I've been in. I've been in uh, a gym day podcast recording. Let's try this button. <laughs> that's let's, not true. Let's see if this no, works. That's not true. I I can certainly certainly send a simple rundown via email, but okay. Well, you gotta things gotta work. <laughs> we haven't been around each other for over a month, so you know we got to get these digs in. Folks listening are really <laughs> fortunate now that we get to catch up with everybody listening. All yeah. right, um, certainly plenty to talk about right now. Uh, last year, obviously, an incredible uh, surprise, I think, for a lot of folks. Um, certainly didn't end the way that uh, the hopes got to at one point during the season, but who would have ever imagined a Yeah, we got a little spoiled. A little bit, a 12-game winning streak yeah. in which the Reds not only swept the world world champions but both of the teams that yeah. were battling for the american league well that was a time it was up and down man there was... were like uh, streaks of like wow this is really interesting to watch to okay this uh they can't get out of their own way there were stretches there wasn't much in between no but you know what it, it, i think what gets lost a lot when you look at what happened last year is the team started off horribly uh there yeah. there was no getting around that it, it, it was a dreadful start to the season but then once they hit their stride remember they went to pittsburgh got swept came home beat not beat the rangers swept the rangers uh the eventual world champions swept mm -hmm. the rangers at home and then it was off and rolling from that point yeah. until let's be honest they kind of ran out of gas the the injury bug came back to bite them a little bit uh i think the the youth started to show down the stretch, but I think all that, Jim, is going to make this team a lot better moving forward. Well, going through it, there's nothing that beats experience, and those young players going through that and knowing the walls that they did hit, that's one of the, you know, most of these guys came up at the same time, and that's good and bad. When they first came up, man, they were like gangbusters, and then, it, like always, the league will figure you out. And unfortunately, the league figured out a lot of guys all at once because he brought them up all at once. So there were several walls that were hit. The, the injuries to the pitching staff was astronomical. Uh, 
the fact that they were able to hang in there was impressive to me. But being away from the season for a month or so and just going out in public and talking to people, what I really like is they're like, you know what? That team was really fun this year. I hadn't watched I hadn't watched games in a few years. The team is really fun, and then they started railing off names. You know, they started talking about Ellie and McLean and Spencer Steer and on down the line, the Ashcrafts, the Lodolos, the Greens. Uh, so now they're familiar names, and it really just reawakened Reds country. That's yeah, the best does. thing to me that happened last year, bar none. It reawaked. Uh, is that a word? Uh, it is now. Reawaken. You said it on the radio, so it makes it a word. <laughs> the fan base is energized. That's great to me. It, it, it there, there were things going into last season that I thought were a certainty. Uh, one, we were going to get to know some of the young players that were going to be a part of this team's future, and fans were going to realize that those guys are going to be a lot of fun to watch. Yeah. That happened. Um, I also thought that with the rule changes, people were going to understand that Baseball's pretty fun to watch now with these new rules because it moves. There's not as much downtime. That happened. What we didn't necessarily foresee is that so many of these young players would get to the big leagues and have success right away. And with the exception of that lull you were talking about there from uh, toward the middle of the uh, really early in the second half. From the all-star break on, it was... It got, but then they picked it up again at the end. Yeah. They they figured out what what pitching the opposing pitching was doing, and then they 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 turned it back on yeah. offensively at the end. That's encouraging to me. So uh, a lot of great things happened last year. Uh, we've already moved into the off season now that the World Series has come and gone. Uh, congratulations to Bruce Bochy and the Rangers. Congratulations to the Diamondbacks for that matter. Oh yeah. I mean, you, as a Reds fan, you can't help but get inspired by seeing the Rangers and the Diamondbacks in the World Series. Yeah, it didn't uh, do well for ratings. Uh, no. You know, baseball needs those big markets in World Series, especially the the state of the game right now. But I couldn't agree with you more. Uh, the fact that those it, it can be done, and those are teams that the Reds competed with, um, albeit in the regular season, and yep. you know, um, we'll put that on there, but. Yeah, it's it's very encouraging and congratulations. I mean, Bruce Bochy, can this guy manage or what? And he's wow. old school too. I mean, if you want to, you know, have an argument against, eh, can we throw out a little bit of the analytics? Can we not go on everything on analytics? Because he's an old school guy. Yeah, he man. is. Goes by gut. He understands. He understands, understands the it. value, but he also understands the human element. Yeah, and and he got to have a mix. Yeah, you'd be crazy not to look at the analytics. It's just numbers. People get all bent out of shape right. over analytics. They're just it's just information. It is. And it's information that if you talk to a lot of old school baseball guys, they'll say, we've all known this. Now yeah. it's just quantified more than it has yeah. been in the past. Like in in the past, they say, man, he throws a really heavy ball. Right. Gets right on you. Well, that means he's got a high spin rate, right? right? Yeah. Now we're, we're figuring yeah. out. So well, now we have on. a number attached yeah. to it. Which is good because you want to be able to quantify yeah. some of that stuff. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and then on the other side, you have a team like the Diamondbacks that have to remind you a lot of the way the Reds play. They take the extra base. They steal bags. They just they they play oh, very loved it. fundamentally sound baseball. But we'd be remiss if we uh, open up the show and didn't talk about the news that that certainly made waves last week. Um, I think it was something that pretty much everybody expected, and that was that the the option for Joey Votto is not getting picked up by the Reds. Hopefully, at this point, uh, now that the dust has settled on that, uh, it, it's it's a chance to appreciate what Joey Votto has meant to the Reds, but oh, also yeah. understanding that this is this is a point now in this franchise where they're moving forward. I thought 
Votto's comments uh, when he when he spoke to the writers after this all went down, and I thought he said it as well as could possibly be said. He understands it, and, and he seems to grasp it. He seems to understand. It. He, it, I believe it when he he claims that there's no ill will. Uh, but he he said, "Look, this is a team that is trying to reach a championship caliber, and they didn't re-sign a guy that has hit 200 for back-to-back seasons." Yeah, and and when you have to, when, I know it's Joey Votto. I, I get that you can't ignore that, but when you're looking at it, what the future of this team is and and what they have to do to move forward and continue to grow and, and get to that championship level. You, you, you got to have that production that you're looking for. Well, I thought his uh, his words were very classy, uh, the video that he made. And even speaking before it happened, even speaking leading up to it, uh, I, even I had him on a podcast. The things that he said, he gets it. He, he does understand. He knows that the young guys need to play. And he also knows, and he's trying to, fi- trying to figure out, okay, is this – because let's see. Two, two seasons ago, he was completely injured. Last year, obviously injured after the two surgeries. It took him a long time to get back. Whether he's going to be healthy or not again, don't know. Yeah, I'm not sure he knows. And he's not going to know until January or February. This story is not over. It's not going away. He's got a decision to make whether he wants to play. Now, is it totally closed that the Reds wouldn't resign him? No, I don't think it's totally closed, no. but it it looks unlikely. But what people are failing to do in this circumstance is ask Joey. He he talked about it on my podcast a little bit. I don't I don't know. I have to. Do I want to be a part time player? I don't know. I've never been a part time player. I don't know if I can do it. So someone needs to ask him, hey, would you want to come back part-time? Because we're assuming that, yeah, he just wants to come back with the Reds and come off the bench, and that's it. No, let's ask Joey first, yeah. please. I think there's a lot There's a lot of layers still to this. And, and, and frankly, you've got guys that, that are expected to produce, and now it's time to find out if they can produce at, at a high level day in and day out. And, and you, you just kind of have to figure that out. This is the point that the Reds are at right now. So um, a lot to talk about still. A lot to talk about with our first guest. Yes. Graham Ashcraft is going to join the show coming up in just a little bit. Also, we're going to check in from the GM meetings out in Arizona uh, from Cincinnati uh, or from the Cincinnati Inquirer. Gordon Whitmire is going to check in with us uh, briefly a little bit later on in the show as well. When we come back, we will welcome in Graham Ashcraft. As uh, well, he is for a long time, for the last couple of years, been one of the young red starters. Now he is going to be one of the seasoned red starters on this staff. We'll talk about him, or uh, we'll talk with him when the Reds Hot Stove League, presented by Budweiser and UDF, continues next on the Reds Radio Network. Welcome back into the Budweiser Reds Hot Stove League presented by UDF with Jim Day. I'm Tommy Thraw. Great to be with you. Get your tickets now for Bally Sports Reds Fest presented by PNC December 1st and 2nd of the Duke Energy Convention Center. Meet your favorite players, get autographs, and so much more. Visit reds.com slash redsfest for details. I would imagine that our first guest of this hot stove season will probably be there at Reds Fest, and that would be Reds pitcher Graham Ashcraft. Hello, Graham. How are you? this fine day how's it, go- how's it going fellas how's it going it's going pretty good good what what uh what are you up to right now this offseason what do you what do you been what do you what have you had going on uh i mean besides doing 
rehab and working out. We finally, we had a little hunting trip this past weekend. Oh. So got to spend some time in the woods and get away for a little bit. Now, that's what I was really wondering about. If you'd had a chance of course, to hit the woods. Yeah. Up in a deer stand, sitting in a tree, right? Or what are you hunting? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah what are you hunting Yeah, right I was now? hunting after deer. Okay. Duck season, I won't be hunting after ducks till December. So what all what all what all are we hunting in the off season? Just deer and ducks? We got anything else? Yeah. Yeah, deer and ducks. That's the only thing really in season because the dove season that's deer and baseball season. So have you ever been I, I can't believe I've never asked you this, uh, but have you ever been on one of those big uh overseas hunting trips? No, no. I would I would like to. I mean but it's that stuff is pretty expensive and a long drawn planned process to get out there. Yeah, yeah, that's probably a little more planning than I could do, but I, you know, I just thought it might be something on the radar. Um, speaking of of radar, how about uh, how about the rehab process? You were talking about doing some of that. How's how's that going? And uh, you had, you did end up having to go under the knife a little bit, right? Yeah, they had to cut about halfway, like right in the middle of my foot, basically, and take that fractured bone out of that second metatarsal, take some bone off the hill, put it on there, and put a plate on it with five screws. Oh, what is the, yeah. uh, I know that they've said you're going to be ready well in time for spring training, but what's the, uh, timetable, the rehab process of when you can start doing stuff and how do you rehab that? So I spent, uh, the first four weeks, basically non-weight bearing. I was on a scooter, not walking around or oh, anything. We have and video then, of that or pictures or anything? Did you borrow Nick's? <laughs> no, Nick yeah. said he, he wore his brakes out, so I had to get the new yeah. one. Unfortunately, there were a lot of scooters going. Yeah, wore the brakes out. I believe that. He was miserable yeah, on that but, scooter. Were you? Oh, yeah. I mean, it, it destroys your knee. You don't think nothing about it, but then after being on it, you start feeling it in your hip and your knee after a while. I, I don't know if this has been asked, and this is probably a stupid question, so go ahead and say so. If so, what happened to good old-fashioned crutches? Well, I mean, I thought about it, but then I also, you also got to think, do you want to spend a month on crutches, and do you really want those digging in your armpit that much when you can just kind of roll around, you know? I guess. Okay. So you had the option. I get it. Yeah. Okay. I mean, right. it, it, that's why they, they invented the wheel. Negative. What's that now? So they both have their, their downsides. Uh, how antsy are you throughout this whole process now to get back on a mound and, and really prove that the foot is fine and uh, and and really get the confidence back in your body to to get on a mound and really let it eat? Oh, I'm I'm ready. I mean, I'm I'm thinking it's going to be a little bit towards like the end of December, middle of December, when, before I'll be able to do that. But uh, I'm gonna I should be able to start playing catch here soon, depending on what the doctor says. Now, this was a. One was a previous injury, correct? And if so, uh, how much did, did that affect you the whole time that you've been pitching in the bigs? And I bet you're looking forward to uh, having it all behind you. Uh, how much did that affect you? Uh, I mean, to be honest, I never had any pain in my foot until, uh, what game was it? The uh, God, it was one of those last four games. I think it was the Cleveland game when it came back up. But, I mean, when the doc told me that there was an old fracture in there, it kind of took me by surprise because I don't recall having any pain in my foot. And then it just kind of built up from that start against Cleveland. And then by the time I I threw against the 
Cubs at home on that last game. I mean, it was I couldn't even jog out on the mound. That's why I was having to walk. Uh, is there any risk or concern that uh, you'll still feel to some degree some discomfort, even though there might not necessarily be any damage or there might not be any harm? Uh, that that you know, I mean, there's some hardware in there now. Is there any chance that 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 you could still feel that a little bit, and you'll just have to get used to that? I mean, I don't, I don't think so. I mean, I got out of the walking boot and stuff at six weeks, and was starting to walk around in tennis shoes. I just, I'm not running or anything. And since I've been walking, I mean, it, it feels, it feels really good. I mean, it about feels back to normal. I just have some swelling still in my toes and in my feet that's having to work its way out. But I mean, it, it, I honestly can't really tell a difference. How tough was it to watch and not be able to pitch, knowing that the team? And I don't want to put this on you, but the the, the the team needed you, needed all you guys, needed Hunter, needed Lodolo down the stretch, and you guys, you know, were injured and you couldn't do anything. Oh, I mean it. It's it's a punch to the gut, really. I mean, just because you want to be there with the, with the guys and with the team, and you want to be a part of every single moment that you can be a part of, just to help bring what you can bring to the table, you know, and that last month, month and a half was, it, it was tough to watch because I wanted to be out there so bad with them, but it was also easy to watch because I wanted that team to succeed just because how close unit we became and how everybody was fighting after the same goal at the end of the day, you know, so. Uh, Graham, we've we got to get to a break here, but uh, you got time to stick around. Plenty more to talk to you about if you have the time. Tommy went oh, long yeah. in the first segment. Yeah, blame so. me. It's my fault. So if we could. Oh, if, it's okay. If we'll, it's we'll, okay. We'll bring you back uh, for, for a couple more questions after the break. Got to get to news. But uh, this is Graham Ashcraft. More with Graham coming up in just a bit. You're listening to the Budweiser Reds Hot Stove League presented by UDF on the Reds Radio Network. Welcome back into the Budweiser Reds Hot Stove League presented by UDF with Jim Day. I'm Tommy Thrall. We are visiting with Graham Ashcraft, who was beyond kind enough to stick around for a second segment. Yeah, that was a long wait. I know, that was. Sorry to keep you waiting, Graham, but we appreciate it greatly. We owe you. Um, uh, we're, talking about last, we're talking about last season a little bit and, uh, and how, how tight-knit that group was, how you guys were certainly battling, obviously, to make it to the postseason. Uh, it was tough with, with the three of you guys, uh, with Lodolo, yourself, and, and, and Green being injured for, for much of that. But uh, you can't help, I, I would have to imagine, but look ahead to next year and, and see what, what could be with this group. Oh, yeah. I mean, you look at some of the guys that we had come up and what they did being rookies. I mean, it's it, it makes you have very promising thoughts going into next year, you know. Last year, you uh, you know, the first year you pitched, man, it was like gangbusters. And then you hit a stretch this past season that was tough. And you, had, you, you and I had even talked about uh, – soul searching and oh i don't know if this is going to work out i might be a bullpen guy i mean it was that much of a struggle what do you why do you think you struggled so bad and how'd you get yourself out of it uh i mean i hate to say that it was because of some of the stuff that i had going on no it's not an excuse man it's reality injuries are reality are you talking about the injuries uh, I mean, um, not the injuries, but just with the with my grandmother passing during season, yeah. and 
some other things going on, and I just I just think it all just kind of weighed on me a little bit, and I let it weigh on me maybe a little too too hard instead of just getting through it and fixing my issues. And on top of that, I mean, I was tipping there for a little bit. We found that out through video, and once we kind of fixed that, it all kind of went back to where it needed to be. Were you tipping the slider? I was uh yeah they knew whenever i was throwing the fast forward of the slider they just didn't know if it was going to be the cutter or the sinker no that's a problem <laughs> that's a problem. that that makes it that makes it tough uh but but going through all that how how much do you feel like you're better coming out the other side and having the success you had down the stretch until the injury oh i mean you know that the time when i had the failure i wouldn't change that for the world because i that it made me a, just a better ball player i mean it I learned I learned some things about myself mentally, how strong that I can be in times like that, and it just made me a better player for it at the end of the day. You've seen some of these young guys, and some of the hitters in particular, go through that. We saw it last year. We saw it with Spencer Steer after his first taste of the big leagues when he came up at the end of the 22 season. Uh, and, and so often, guys take that, they figure out how to make the adjustments, and they get better. Do, do you kind of... Pull guys to the side. You talk to guys about it. Be like, "Hey, man, yeah, I, I went through it. it. It's you're going to be so happy." Or do you just let it happen? And, and guys just kind of have to figure out how to capitalize on the the struggles on their own. I think I think there's a fine point for both. I think when it, it's easier when you're closer with somebody, like on a personal level, you know, because you can kind of pull them aside and talk with them. But, I mean, also at the end of the day, if something carries on for an excessive amount of time, instead of it being like a little three, four-game slump, like say it's like what I went through when it's like an eight- or ten-game slump, like I think once it kind of gets past that four or five, it's always good to kind of go up to to your buddy and just or your teammate and just be like, hey, you know, you're going to be all right. You're going to get through this. You just need to stay positive about it and just keep attacking what you're getting after because that's going to be the only way that you can succeed and get through this. Knowing what you know now, let's take you back a couple of years when you hadn't thrown one major league pitch. And where you sit here now, how much have you learned? I mean, how just going through, we always talk about, well, the experience, got to go through it, which is a cliche because it's usually true. How much have you learned and how much of an eye-opening experience is trying to pitch at the major league level? Oh, I mean, there's nothing comparable to it. It's it's honestly, it's kind of hard to put in words because you don't really know how to describe it because it's just, it's something that you, like with baseball, I mean, it's a game of failure, right? And so you learn a lot going along the way, getting yourself there. But once you get to that level, I mean, you're playing the best of the best of the game and you you really can't make a mistake. Sometimes your mistakes can help you, but most of the time when we make mistakes, what happens to it? <laughs> you know? You're getting so, a new baseball. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, there's just there's a lot more that you learn at this level that you just can't really describe being part of the game just because it's, I mean, it's different up here. Well, Graham, uh, certainly appreciate the time. Appreciate you sticking around through the break as well. And uh, I'm sure we'll be seeing you at Reds Fest. Uh, wow, in December. 
That's less than a month away. Yeah. That's unreal. Uh, so I'm sure we'll see you there. Uh, thanks so much. Always good to catch up. Glad the offseason's going well, man. Thank you. I appreciate it, fellas. Hope you all are having a good one as well. All right. You got it. That is Graham Ashcraft joining us. The GM meetings. I keep wanting to call them the winter meetings. The GM no, meetings. No, not quite the winter not meetings. Not yet the winter meetings. GM meetings are going on right now out in Arizona. All the GMs getting together. Of course, uh, it kind of is is becoming one of those times where maybe more is getting done there uh, these days than oh, you sometimes the winter meetings. A lot of face-to-face with agents, and yeah, there's a lot going on. And Gordon Whitmire from the Cincinnati Inquirer is out there right now. We'll check in with him, see what's going on out in Arizona with the GM meetings. You're listening to the Reds Hot Stove League, presented by UDF on the Reds Radio Network. Welcome back into the Budweiser Reds Hot Stove League presented by UDF. Don't miss a moment at the ballpark with your 2024 season ticket membership plan. Start at just 13 games. Include guaranteed access to 2024 opening day, postseason, so much more. Call 513-381-REDS today. And uh, right now, I am just getting text after text after text. All images, all in the desert from our next guest. Gordon Wintmeyer's out there right now. What's up, Gordon? How is it? looks like the desert's treating you quite nicely, it seems. Palm trees, blue sky, and uh, is that is that your rental car in the first picture? I feel so left out. I know. <laughs> yeah. My rental car is way better than that. No, it's not. I got a – well, I, I shouldn't say uh, – you know whether my boss is listening? Uh, no, I don't know. They're not. They're no, not. They, they, they're not. They texted no, and said no. they were sorry they couldn't make it. Massive. Yeah. Luxury F one fifty pickup truck, awesome. Fits right in down here. <laughs> wow, we were just talking about that. And how yeah. about the uh, the the basically the two bedroom apartment you had in one of those late road trips? The boss know about oh, that's that. That's right. Yeah. yeah. How about that? Did the like, boss show. find out about your penthouse apartment you had? And it really was. Yeah, it was <laughs> unbelievable. Where was that? DC. Wait a minute. Now I was New York. Are you sure my boss isn't listening to this? <laughs> uh. No, they're not. No, they're Allegedly busy. It's no. dinner time. They're busy. Yeah. Well, I had a pool table in that room in that case. I yeah, did. It took I you, really did. Took I you two days you to fi- it took you two days to figure out where it was, I've but ne- you did. I've never seen it. You know, it's the little things during <laughs> yeah, a long season of so travel. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> yeah, you, right. you guys have to travel commercially. And Gordon was so excited. He was going up to everyone. Hey, man, check out these pictures of my, my penthouse suite. <laughs> I would have, too, to be fair. It was a sweet room. <laughs> That's big. That's because you should have seen where I had to stay in Cleveland. <laughs> <laughs> does even out. It does seem yeah. to even out. Well, Gordon, yeah. uh, I, you're out there working, not just enjoying the sunshine. Well, we presume that you're working. Maybe you are just laying out by the pool every day. I don't know. I'm not there with you. But uh, what what is going on? What's the what what what's the sense you're getting out there at the GM meetings right now? Well, there's a lot of teams that think they're going to win next year. Uh, maybe, I mean. Look, you could make a case. Maybe everybody but Oakland is going to be trying to win next year. Even the Padres, who uh, took a cash call recently and look like they're going to lose some guys and maybe not replace everybody, they got so much star power, they say they're still in. Milwaukee just lost their high-profile manager, and they've got Brandon Woodruff on the IL for next year. They say they're keeping Burns. I just talked to their GM. They, they say they're keeping Burns and Adamas, and they're going to try to win next year. They, you got so many teams trying to win and so many of them looking for pitching without a really super deep pitching market. That oh there go the all, price. Price I tell going you up. What, man. 
look at every single projection you see out there on these top free agents and add significant money to it because wow. the prices are going way up. Well, the, okay, so as far as just the roster as it sits right now, do you feel like that puts the Reds in a pretty good spot with the experience that these young players got? I mean, because I, I still have to believe at some point Nick is going to, Nick Crawl is going to add a pitcher, but uh, maybe just one as opposed to maybe a couple. Um, so, you know, with with the talent that the Reds have on their roster, albeit young, do you still kind of feel like that puts them in a maybe a better position than some of these other teams that are trying to compete? There's a couple of reasons to feel optimistic about the Cubs. I remember Cubs, my <laughs> and, and the Reds. You knew that would happen. Yeah, you knew it. Yeah, at least I haven't. At least I haven't put it in a story yet. That's true. Um, but uh, yeah, one of them is the thing you just said, right? That the, they've got every position potentially filled, and then some, depending on how these young guys shake out, what what they look like in spring training, how much trust you have in each one of them and, and the whole thing. So you've got depth there. You feel like you can put a team together to, to score enough runs uh, if, you can, if you can pitch. You also got guys coming back from the IL. If Lodolo's ready to go, as they say he's expected to be full go. He only made seven starts. If Ashcraft's back fully from that toe surgery, should be. There's no reason to think there's any complications there. Hunter Green's going to be in his third year. And then they've got Abbott and, and uh, Williamson and then some of these other guys that got a little bit of playing time, maybe ahead of schedule. So you got some depth there. So that's definitely one reason for optimism going in when all these other teams are definitely looking for multiple places to try to fill gaps. The other one is that because there's not a lot of money committed on this, on this uh, uh, payroll right now, and it's going to go – up, we think a little bit from at least a little bit from last year. Nick Crawls, he's already come out and said he's got more money to spend this year than he did last winter. We know the Joey Votto money's coming off the books, and so if they if they're focused on primarily on one key thing, which would seem to be a starting pitcher, and it doesn't have to be an Aaron Nola or a Blake Snell or a Jordan Montgomery type, it can be somebody in the next tier and still make an impact for this roster. Then that could put them. At, a, at an advantage while other teams are focusing on multiple fronts. Obviously, everyone's every offseason, it doesn't matter. It's like, we need pitching. Every team needs pitching, whether it be starter or bullpen help. Uh, you know that the Reds are going to be searching for that. As far as positions go, position players go, the infield seems pretty set with these young players. What would you think the biggest need would be? Would it be a right-handed outfield bat? Uh, you could... Go there if you want to. I don't think right-handed bat, unless you're unless you're in the market for a Pete Alonso type, is ever a high priority. They're they're just too plentiful. But I tell you what does make a difference in winning in in October is having a middle of the order left-handed bat. And, and as we know, Cincinnati's had the luxury of that for over a decade. Um, and and now uh, you know Joey Votto. 40 years old now, whether he was there or not, he's a different bat than he used to be. But they've got left-handed hitting, but they don't have that guy. Um, even if you think Ellie's ceiling is going to be reached and, you know, being a switch hitter, most of his bats come left-handed, he's not there yet. And we saw what he looked like in the second half. It wasn't great. He's got something to prove going into next year. They don't have that bat. So uh, I, 
no, I don't think it's a, a right-handed necessarily anything, but it might be a productive something. It might be some power somewhere. Although, well, Benson looked pretty good. Left-handed bat. Um, Spencer Steer is really nice. Uh, Incarnacion's friend definitely has power. So if, if I still would be looking at left-handed bats. I, I love left-handed hitting. I was if just looking at the current player, I'd, I'd look for yeah, well, current outfield. I mean, unless Steers playing out there is is left-handed. The guys that you're going to pencil well, you're in right, right now, but but the in, but the infield's right-handed. Yeah. So so I uh, you know I I just don't think I just don't think uh, I, I don't think you already have the impact left-handed bat that is the type of bat that makes a difference, and I do think you have enough lefty-righty uh, matchup possibilities that. Uh, just adding another left-handed bat if he's not an impact guy, or a right-handed bat if he's not an impact guy, I don't think that does a lot for you. If you were going to, again, if you were going to go for a position player, I might I might even look for guys that are got a reputation for catching the ball. Well, Gordon, I appreciate yeah. the time. Uh, looks like you are certainly enjoying your time in the desert. I'm very happy for you. I'm glad you're having a good time out there. Yeah. Thanks for the information, and uh, it was good to catch up. Yeah, nice to hear your voices. That's yours as well. Well, Gordon, <laughs> thanks so much. That is Gordon Whitmire joining us from the Cincinnati Enquirer live from the GM meetings out in Arizona. We will wrap up the Budweiser Reds Hot Stove League presented by UDF next on the Reds Radio Network. Wrapping things up on the Budweiser Reds Hot Stove League presented by UDF. Reds fans, save big with a 2024 pick. Six plan, choose from any six home games and receive an exclusive Spencer Steer City Connect bobblehead for tickets and more information, visit reds.com slash pick six. We told you about how you can contribute to the show. Just go to the iHeart app, find 700, click the microphone, and then uh, that goes straight to the studio. Uh, this person did that. What do you got for us? Green Hills here, and I am so thankful for what you all do for us as Reds fans. I love listening to you both on the radio. And of course, just get the blood flowing for the hot stove. And I am sad to see Joy Votto not coming back, but picking up the option just did not make a lot of sense for what he would be providing. But I think if you can bring him back at a reduced price, if Joy wants to come back, I think that they should do it. Was that your agent that uh, the first part of that? <laughs> yeah, was that, that was very kind. Very kind. Was, did you plant that. that? I did. Yeah. Now you didn't have to tell everybody. I did. No. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm no, sorry. I did not. No, but uh, thanks for the kind words. Um, yeah, I, I think. Uh, what you said makes sense. If he wants to come back and it, it fits for the Reds, um, sure, it's possible. But um, I, there, it, it would be it would be tough if the expectation is for him to play every day. Yeah, and like I said at the top of the show, you know, someone needs to ask Joey uh, yeah, exactly. that. And another thing, he he's got to prove he can be healthy and prove to himself he can be healthy. And he's not going to know that for a little bit. He needs a full offseason for that. So this story is not going to be decided till February or March. No, not at all. Um, Silver Slugger Awards coming up tomorrow. Spencer Steer, a finalist for that. I love that he has a bobblehead, by the way, coming yes, up too that's next also year. awesome. Earned well, a bobblehead right away. We are out of time for this show. Thanks for listening. Hope you enjoyed it. Uh, for Jim Day, Graham Ashcraft, Gordon Wintmeyer, our producer today has been Stone Shields. I'm Tommy Thrall. Good night.